Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now, joined by Brendan Escott, as always, in studio. Just as an FYI, Brendan, I'm going to get you to hop on here for 17 seconds. We will not have live shows Friday. And Monday, is that correct? You're going to do a best of Oilers now? That is correct. We will be best of. So tomorrow we'll recap the sort of playoff roundtable that uh, we did with Jack and Reed. And boy, were we wrong on a couple of those picks. And then Monday we'll uh, we'll hear from Al May. And got some exciting stuff. Ryan Burke. So still and, tune in. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Some might say a best of Oilers now is an oxymoron, kind of like military intelligence. That's the old joke, right? Or uh, uh, whatever. Uh, let's uh, do this. Louis DeRuss joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? Hey, Bob, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? Good, good. 2-2, two, two, eh? Jake and the Bruins two, against 2-2. Two. Two, two. Has that been a difficult series for you to watch at times, given <laughs> some of the scenarios that have occurred on the ice during the course of that series? <laughs> a little bit difficult at times, no question about that. I think um, I think you got to give the Leafs credit. They're playing pretty well. But, uh, you know, Boston found a way in Game 4 to tie the series, and that's what it's all about, get back to the home ice advantage. And, no different than the series that I'm doing here, the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues. There hasn't been a, a win by the, the home team yet in the series. So Winnipeg lost the first two at home. St. Louis loses two. It's tied 2-2. It's a three-game series, and Winnipeg has the home ice advantage again. So that's the way I look at it for the Bruins as well. It's uh, it's down to a three-game series now for both of these series. And um, the reason you play for home ice so strongly, try and make an advantage. Just uh, we'll, get, we'll circle back to these. Um... We had two pretty surprising sweeps. Yeah. Did you? S- Unbelievable. Well, and I guess the one thing I'd say, Louis, is I shouldn't say that. It is believable, but it, it's just I didn't see it going down in that fashion. There we I go. So yeah. why is it believable? Why can't it happen in well, hockey? It can happen in hockey, and especially with those two teams. I think the Blue Jackets, when you look at the deals that they made at the deadline to bolster their squad. They didn't take off out of the gates when they made those moves, but as the year went on and they finished the season, you could see some spurts of the team that when they put it together, they were as strong as anybody. Um, The New York Islanders under Barry Trotz have been incredible this year. It's a remarkable turnaround to go from, I believe they were last in goals against to first in goals against. They, They completely changed the way they're playing the game. And it's working for them. They're motivated. Both teams are similar in the sense for me, too, that they run off emotion. If you watch them play the game... When they're good, they're great. When they're not so good, they can they can look like they're running around at times. But when they're on, they can steamroll you. And that's exactly what both teams did to the respective teams they played in the first round. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously, the best team in the league. They cruise through the regular season. They get into the playoffs, and if you would have looked the first 15 minutes of that game, you would have said, holy geez, they're going to clobber this Columbus Blue Jackets team. They're up 3 nothing in the game. It was like, okay, might have been less than that. might have been the first 10 minutes. They were up 3 nothing. But then the Columbus Blue Jackets started to chip away. They made it a war. They made it chippy. And they completely lost all respect for Tampa Bay in a good way, in a good way. In the playoffs, it's about saying, you know what? 
I'm going to go out there this shift, and I'm going to be better than the guy across from me. I don't care what it takes for me to win this game. If it's score a goal, if it's block a shot, if it's get in a fight, it doesn't matter. And they did it, and you got to give both of those two teams credit because they do have the firepower when they need it. Yeah, I look at the two, those two, and I know I've discussed this yesterday with Craig Simpson and a bit with Al May. And to me, um, it just reasserts, even though and Colorado's doing it a little bit differently, but as we know, in playoffs, everybody hits and everybody blocks shots, right? And so yep. there's a degree of nastiness there. And I mm-hmm. look at Columbus, and to me, they're a bit of a bully team. And They're built for that. Right? They're and, built for that. And, which, is, which is why they've struggled a bit against Edmonton. I mean, the Oilers have blown them out in three of the last four games. Well, what does Edmonton have? A little bit of size and toughness, right? Yep. And they are, and and you know, there there has been some throwing down, specifically the game a couple of years ago, and even with the Islanders. I mean, the 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 Sezikis line ran around a bit and banged some of the Penguins. And Pittsburgh, other than I guess you could assert maybe Gabranson on defense, they really weren't very physical with the Islanders, and that's no. It's still a factor, isn't it, it Louis? It's funny. It's <clears throat> playoffs are more straight line. You know, the thing about playoffs is things are simplified. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is just because it's so intense. You get on the ice, and I, I, mean, I was commenting about it the other night. Every single guy coming off the ice is out of gas in 30, 35 seconds. Because unlike the regular season, we're don't get me wrong, guys are going hard. This is a whole new level of compete. So every single shift, you're skating as absolutely hard as you can, and then you're getting off the ice. Um, and the shifts become shorter because of that. So it's one after the other after the other, and that's where the momentum starts to get built respectively in a game, and it goes back and forth. It's like a roller coaster ride. But because of that, you don't have the time and space you typically have to make those high-quality plays. Now, the best players I've always found eventually settle into that speed and are still able to make those sudden little plays that result in, in a goal at the other end or a big play at the other end or a big play in front of the net. And that's what's starting to happen now in this series, the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues. We saw the big line of the Winnipeg Jets take it up a level. And they're a line that's been together on and off a lot in the last couple of years. But when they turned it up a notch, there really wasn't an answer by the St. Louis Blues, in my opinion. That's going to be the question mark tonight is how they're going to derail that top line of Winnipeg. I do believe they have the the team to do it because they've done it already in a couple of the games where they've been really physical, They've taken away space, they've been tight in their checking, and they've managed the puck really well. But it's incredible. It happens so fast, and that's what makes it so exciting to watch is because it's literally back and forth, one little tiny error, and it's a grade-A chance. It's always a high-quality chance when a mistake happens in the playoffs. And that's why you're on you know, the edge of your seat the whole time because at any moment in time, somebody can be a hero. And, you know, talking about Paul Maurice, I like the way he breaks down the game. He said, in the regular season, you know, you can go through the regular season and have four goals, but in the playoffs, anybody can become a hero. Anybody can be a game changer, and it just takes one shot. You know, one shot at the right time can completely change the whole complexion of a game in a series, and and it's true. And I think that players, myself included, I scored a couple goals in the playoffs, and I remember how satisfying that was for me. I wasn't a goal scorer, obviously, but I remember the guys were really pumped up for me. I remember when I scored, the guys were, you know, they were they were more excited than I was. It was incredible. They were just pumped that. Somebody had put a puck in that. They don't really care who scores the goals. They just want to score as a team, and that's what playoffs are all about. You know, Louis, you score two goals in one game in the playoffs, and Grant Fear had to get psychological uh, work for the next several years over that. <laughs> <laughs> Some nasty 
hefty bills, right? <laughs> some hefty bills on the couch. <laughs> you don't understand how I got through. I played with years. some of the greatest players in the history of the NHL. Yeah. I yeah. helped Edmonton win five Stanley Cups, and damn it, Louis uh, DeBrus scored twice on me in one game. Yeah, you know what? Uh, no, he had the last laugh, though, and he always, always is sure to remind me of that. He shut us out in game number seven, which... Uh, he stood in his head. He was fantastic. But, you know what I'm saying? That's what makes it great, though. The, the, every single game has a different storyline, a different set of heroes, and I think that's why it's just so passionate and fought so hardly. But this is the time of the year that everybody waits for. And the players on the top of that list, this is what it's all about for them. Yeah. And so I, I, I understand it. I, I, this is the, my favorite time of year, obviously. It was as a player, and it now as a, as a commentator to sit here and watch these games and be able to be involved in this. It's just... I get excited every night to, to do these things. One more for you, just on the series. Has it occurred to you maybe you're working a series where both teams are more comfortable playing on the road? Yeah, it's, you know, it's... Again, I don't know necessarily that's what it is. Every game's been really tight. With the yep. exception of Game 3, Winnipeg got up in that game, had scored three goals in the second and third. They, they finally figured out Bennington. Every single game could have gone either way. Um, and I even believe Game number 3 could have if... if if the Blues would have been able to hold on to the lead, which they had won nothing going into the second period. So um, as much as that looked like a blowout, it really wasn't. Uh, it was a tight, hard-fought game in games one, two, and four. Absolute battles. So I expect the same. I, I, it's amazing. I've, I've never been in a series where I've seen two teams respect the opponent as much as each does here. They look at the other side, and it's almost like they're looking at a mirror image of themselves. They say, you know, we're trying to do exactly what they're trying to do against us. It's it's amazing. It's a chess match. It really is. And in and in that regard, there's going to be some sacrifices from time to time. There's going to be some shuffling, and it has been Paul Maurice that's made the shuffling. Now he he said this morning that you know putting back the cop, Tanev and Lowry line, which has been, in my opinion, it's been huge in the results of the game because it now gives him that one line that he really feels comfortable in any situation putting them over the boards. So it allows him to have matchups that he's not too concerned with. And on the road, that's really important. At home, it's even more beneficial. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes together because he hasn't had that line trio together on home ice yet in this series. And I'm really interested to see how that, that matches up with the St. Louis Blues. Craig Berube's made one little tweak. He put Robbie Fabry in there last game um, for Zach Sanford. Hasn't really tweaked the lines too much. Has allowed them to stay together this morning, said, he feels he's confident with the lines. Every game's been tight. This is a hard-fought battle, and he, you know, he's expecting the big line to break through, which they haven't. Shen, Tarasenko, and O'Reilly. Tarasenko's got a couple power play goals, and O'Reilly does have a game-winning goal in game number two. But as a trio, they just haven't really been a dominant line, and um, they're looking for them to step up and have a little better performance. So it'll, it'll, you know what? This will be a pivotal game here. This is going to be uh, someone's going to be on the verge of elimination after this one. That's why the intensity always goes up in a situation like this. It's going to be a good one. We're joined by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrus. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, 1244 in Edmonton. So, uh, so Louis, uh, we've gone uh, X amount into this interview and not discussed what occurred the other night with Alexander Ovechkin. And I didn't know you were going to bring that up. I, I well, uh, given your track record at El Mays, I think we know yeah. why I was going to bring it up. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin I, and Andrei Svechnikov, and um, Al said something yesterday about two guys not knowing how to fight. And did it? <laughs> did, did oh yeah, it, I said the same thing. Yep. Did it scare you when you like? Remember when Alex Godinyak went after you from Calgary? Yep, I do. What and, were you thinking? Uh, what were you thinking? Well, 
Well, initially, believe it or not, I was thinking maybe this guy's some sort of a Golden Gloves boxer back in Russia or something, and I don't know it. You never really know. That's the thing. I, this guy could be a street fighter for all I know and be tough as nails and knock me out if I walk in there unguarded. So at first, I was going to immediately go into him, and I actually stopped and, and fought for a second because I was like, wait a second. This guy looks a little too comfortable dropping the gloves because he already had his gloves off. So I was wearing, I played that one safe until I realized that he really didn't know what he was doing. And I knew that fairly quickly once I grabbed onto him that he really wasn't, he just wasn't doing things that an experienced fighter would do. The thing with two guys that drop the gloves, though, that don't typically drop the gloves, number one, fear is usually involved. Anger is involved, if it's not fear, or a combination of both. And they don't really, there's no governor. If you look at that fight, Svechnikov threw probably two-to-one punches to Ovechkin. He, you know, he came out firing. But Ovechkin's punches were a little bit heavier and had a little bit more... Of, of, of the target on him. He was a little more accurate with his punches and he caught him right in the button. I know people make a big deal about him. I, you know, it, it blows me away that people are still saying that the older guy Ovechkin shouldn't have fought the young guy, Svechnikov. Are you kidding me? Tell, I'll tell you what. When you suit up in a, in a National Hockey League uniform and you put that jersey on, sweater, put it on your back and go out there and play in the National Hockey League, you are now playing in the best league in the world and you're going to have to survive whether that's a goal scorer trying to figure out how to score goals a defender trying to learn how to defend against the top players in the league a goaltender trying to battle against the best shooters in the world and if you're going to drop your gloves which you do have the decision and the ability to not drop the gloves if you don't want to if you drop the gloves then you better be prepared for what just happened I don't like seeing that as much as the next guy doesn't like seeing. I don't want to see guys get knocked out. I really don't. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't. I like to see a good scrap where guys get their shots in. They have a respect for one another. They dust themselves off. Maybe a little bit of a blood, a blood, a bloody lip or something like that, or nose. And you go to the respected penalty box. It's like, wow, that was a great dust up. That was an emotional, high intense fight. That was great. When a guy gets put down that aggressively, um, Drew Mendes said he starched him. You know, like, it was like he he got put down, he didn't move again. Like, it was like he was down. And you know what? It's cost him. He's going to miss tonight. He's going to miss the game tonight as well. And he should. He shouldn't play. I don't think that that should be. But, but again, he chose to drop the gloves in that situation. And Alexander Ovechkin's 240 pounds. So I don't know what the kid was thinking. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think he would say anything different. I know people want to take a, the, the the high road and say fighting should be out of the game. I don't think it will ever be out of the game because it's a physical, emotional sport. Yeah. And even if it was suspension, even if it was getting kicked out of the game, it was a result of a fight, there would still be fights because it will boil over like that. And the other part of that is I truly believe what happened the other night to my son, Nazem Kadri. Let me tell you something. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Nazem Kadri would have already been dealt with for the slew foot in game two. Okay? Truthfully. I truly believe that. I don't care what anybody says. He would, he would have been dealt with because he wouldn't have had a choice. Somebody would have come calling. But that's what happens when it doesn't happen, is that it builds and it builds, and he eventually got frustrated too. Yeah. He got sick and tired of nothing happening and took it into his own hands. Now, it cost him. He's out of the series. But you know what? He made that decision. He made that decision to do that. Well, he just landed. like Svechnikov made the decision sure. to drop the buzz and fight in that situation. So I don't have any problem with it. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he shouldn't have fought the young guy. 
damn right he should have. If the guy challenges you and you feel like fighting, go for it. If you don't, if Alexander Ovechkin didn't feel like fighting, he could have turned away too. He didn't have to fight. Louis, That's what the league is about right now. I'd rather see two guys square up and go. I'll give you. An, there's nothing I hate worse than when I get a an alert about a base brawl and nobody's thrown a punch and it's a bunch of guys. You know, chesting up because of the machismo that comes with certain pitchers, and they groove one inside on a guy, or because the 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 the, uh, the hitter in his previous at bat hot dogged or watched the the home run go. You know, you know, hung on. You know what I mean? Didn't run around the path, uh, the base path quick enough. There's nothing I hate more than guys sitting there posturing and doing nothing about it. Shut up well, and deal with there's it. There's way more of that now in the game too. I, right. That's the one thing I have noticed is there's a lot of that. Um, and accept it because that's what it's going to be. It's not going to change. I have no illusions that the game's going to go back to the way it was, and nor do I want it to, Bob. Yeah. As much as it was great to watch and fun, listen, I like the game where it is. But whenever something like this happens, everybody gets all up well, in arms and says, oh, my God, I can't believe something happened. Uh, yeah. No, sorry. It is still part of the game. Yeah. And we've heard from the players. They voice that opinion. And let's face it. It's, it's being phased out of the game. Anyway, there's not that many fights that happen anymore, but there certainly is a lot of chirping. Well, I, I mean, just the contrast. We had people on Twitter saying that what Alexander Ovechkin did was assault when there was consensual agreement. And the same thing, oh right? Like, like you know there, was what? Consen- like, there was consensual agreement. To, it's not like he kept on hitting them when he was out, right? Which used to happen. I will, I will get Brendan Escott to tweet out a fight between uh, John Hillworth and Ben Wilson, and Ben uh, Ben Wilson drops John Hillworth. Now, in the he, process of that, I don't know if he knew that he was out though. In in, in defense. Uh, ben Wilson in Ben Wilson back in the seventies. Well, no, he was giving him. I remember the fight. They were kind of down at the time too, and he was giving him uppercuts. Right, he was kind of giving him shots right through underneath. And I don't know if he really understood that the fight was already All right. over. Any, anyhow, my, my my point is that you know you, here you have a situation where a guy gets knocked out. And you get all the, you know, the, oh, well, this is this is terrible. we got to end this, and this is assault. Meanwhile, uh, Jake and uh, Nazem are going at it every shift from the start of the series, and Kadri landed some blows in game number one. And a couple, oh, right? He got, sure he and Jake got some shots in in game two. And then Kadri att- cross-checks him in the face with a stick, and the league made the decision. I just, it, I'm like, where, where are the bleeding hearts on Nazem Kadri? Two hand cross. Brandon, did you just see it? Yeah, you, yeah you've I never did. seen that fight before, <laughs> right? No. Holy cow! Well, those are the fight tapes that I grew up on. Yes. You know, those that was that was like when it was really tough. <laughs> <laughs> We've had that conversation. Well, even, being, even being a tough guy, I look back. I'll always, you know, it's like the little brother, big brother. You always think the big brother is tougher, no matter what, even yeah. if you are tougher. But you, you would know, not have wanted. Then, you back, would, then, back then, to me, was was the toughest. You know, every time there was a scrum, everybody dropped their gloves. And yes. got into a fight. It wasn't just one on one. It was like you never knew what was going to happen. Well, Stan, Jonathan, Pierre Bouchard. Uh, you know, I bring up John Hillworth because he was from Jasper and played for the Medicine Hat Tigers. I mean, that was ugly stuff. Uh, very quickly, Louis, you did a lot of Calgary games this year, a lot of Colorado games. Yeah, Colorado. They are fast, and Nathan McKinnon is a he's a house on fire right now. And he's Mike Smith. Little. Mike Smith has played fantastic, Louis. He's played great. Two overtime losses. You know, so two games where you've literally fought tooth and nail to get yourself to that spot. 
tough tying goal late in the game last night for the Flames. Uh, I know Backlund was the look on his face coming out of that penalty box said it all. Like, I mean, you just feel so terrible because I've been in that situation myself where I've been in the box when a goal goes in that was an important time in a game. Listen, you have to give the Avalanche credit in this case. They have, they've been relentless. And there's no question of the faster team. I mean, it's, it's easy to, to watch a game and figure out in about 10 seconds who the quicker team is, and it is the Avalanche. And they're relying on that right now. And they're first to pucks, the first to battles. They're coming out with pucks. I thought the Flames played a really solid, tight game. I thought they, you know, they were playing the type of game they had to play against the Avalanche. They had a power play that was important that nothing happened on. And then it goes to overtime, and then it's anybody's game in overtime. That's the other thing about the playoffs. I don't care if you're number one or number 16 in the playoffs. When it goes to overtime, it's anybody's game. And the Avalanche have come up big in two of them. Louie, awesome stuff. What time does that game start tonight? It starts at 7.30 our time, so 6.30 your time. Louie, we look forward to it. Hey, by the way, I want to read this text to you, okay? Louie is out of Red Earth, Alberta. Louie DeBrusque is bang on the best sports analyst right now in the NHL. That comes to us from Andrew. Now, is that your cousin, Andrew, that works up in Red Earth, Louie? I don't know, but I love Red Earth now. <laughs> Great stuff. Take care, Lou Dog. <laughs> Take care. That is Louis DeBras. Brian Burke, by the way, coming. This show just gets, does it just get tougher? I don't know. Guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff, Oilers now sent you. Uh, this text comes to us from our friend down in uh, the Red Deer area from Topher Allen. He says, Bob, time to out-and-out band fights. Bob, I've never played Major League Baseball, but I love to chest up. I'd follow you up and down the ice, chirping like a worn brake pad. <laughs> Bring your ankle guards, Bobby, but my gloves are glued on because I'm just too pretty. That one comes to us from Topher. This text out of Edmonton. Talk about the code. What about Milan Lucic letting Darnell Nurse off the hook three or four years ago? Could have beat him to a pulp, but he chose not to. I think that's because he knew he was going to be signing in Edmonton at that stage. All right. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell at 105 to get it today. Brian Burke. Courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.